Neat, comma, straight up, or on the rocks. A podcast that asks you, how do you like your life? A podcast that asks you, how do you like your life? Uh, Today, we're talking with Tamika Collins-Murphy of MMB Realty Group a local business that has taken the real estate market by storm here in Buffalo, New York. Am I correct in saying that? Um, yeah, you're, you're correct. Okay. Um, and, and when I say it, the name MMB Realty Group, is that the correct name or is there a name that I need to... So MMB Realty Group is an acronym for Mutri Murphy and Bergen Realty Group, which okay. is made of myself and my two partners. Okay. Um, so it is a realty group. Correct. Okay. Um, So tell me a bit about yourself. Okay. Well, um, I, you know, I grew up here in Buffalo, New York. Um, Grew up as a um, a foster care, Um, was placed in foster care maybe around the age of six or seven. Um, Went to Buff State, went to a couple of different high schools. I should have said that first. Um, (laughs) Then attended Buffalo State College, out of Buffalo State College. had my daughter, um, you know, worked at a financial institution for mm-hmm. a little over 12 plus years. And Did you like it there? At the financial institution? Yeah. Um, humble beginnings. Oh. So I started, um, I started there part time. Um, I, I remember I, I was looking for a job and, you know, they called me back and as a young adult growing up, it was one of the greatest things to be able to get your foot into that financial institution. So, um, you know, I started as a collector there and just worked my way up into work wealth management. Mm-hmm. Um, so to answer your question, I liked it in the beginning. But as I grew, I realized there was nowhere else for me to grow in that business. Okay. All right. Uh, so what do you what would you consider some of your favorite foods? know you so for everybody that's listening uh tamika is my sister um so we'll get some more into that later on um i'm extremely proud of her um and everything that she's doing uh, and we'll talk about that later as well but i want you guys to be a little more familiar with who she is not just uh, as uh, a partner and owner part owner for mmb realty group but also as a person uh, because i know um things about her and where she's come she came from to be able to see what she's doing now and how impressive it is. Uh, and it, I think that's one of the biggest things that the people that, that come to MMB and ask for you guys to work with them and help them. Uh, I think the connection that you guys come from, sort of their backgrounds, uh, actually help them. So I'm, I'm gonna use a lot of that information during this conversation that we're having today, uh, which I'm going to call my life uh, because I know my sisters or Tamika, I know her favorite um, singer, R&B female singer, queen of hip-hop soul, is Mary J. Blige. And I have a tendency to call her Mary J. Blige every time I see her dance, which is <laughs> hilarious because if you know how Mary J. Blige dances, then you know how my sister dances, and there's like no real big difference between those two when it comes really? to them dancing. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, except those really super high hooker boots that she has on. Oh, you don't use the hooker boots, but you definitely got the, her dancing style, diddy bopping all that down. So, um, I, and I think that that tells me right there that you love her and, you know, she had a, she played a major role in your life growing up. Um, and maybe we'll talk about that later too. 
Uh, but foods, back to food. So uh, what are some of your favorite foods? Oh, goodness. I've never been asked this question. Great. Um, in interviews ever. Um, I would have to say I love some great Italian food. Um, shells, pasta, um, Italian bread, garlics, um, of course, you know, um, a good steak and mm. potatoes. So, I think, I mean, I think those are at the top of the list. Okay. Well, because, yeah. you know, we grew up on French fries alone. Oh, I know. And, and uh, Miracle Whip sandwiches. <laughs> yep. Miracle Whip sandwiches <laughs> and French fries. Yep. It's that poor life we had growing mm -hmm. up. Yep. Okay. So, uh, you know, I tend to not say French fries either when I have, when people ask me those questions about my favorite food. Um, it's like a hidden gem, but it definitely caused a lot of the diabetic issues that I have to deal with, other than it being a part of my gene pool. Um, what about music other than Mary J. Blige, which I've already told everybody about? Um, old school rap. And when I say old school, you know, more so old school of when I actually really got into rap, maybe, you know, um, in the 90s, 90s to the early 2000s. Yeah, you're a big Tupac fan. Yeah, huge Tupac fan. Um, <laughs> um, and a lot of gospel. So okay. gospel gets me through um, every day. So, yeah. Isn't it strange how that happens? Yeah. You get older, then you, uh, you attract more of the gospel music, and yeah. it touches your soul a lot more. Yeah. And then, um, you know, like you said, R&B. Um, we've discussed Mary J. Blythe being my favorite. But, yeah, R&B, gospel, hip-hop. Yeah, it's, it's funny for me to see your daughter, your youngest now, Ava, uh -huh. wearing Tupac shirts. Yeah. Like, you have absolutely no idea. And I, I can say that to her. Mm -hmm knowing that that's not true because she'll tell me more about Tupac than I can tell her. Mm -hmm. So to see her wearing a Tupac shirt, I, I straight up go old guy and go, you don't know nothing about Tupac. What you know about that? And then when she starts spitting it, I'm like, oh, okay. No, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, both my girls, my oldest and my youngest. So I have an 18-year-old and I have a 12-year-old that will be 13 in a month or so. Jeez. Um, but they are both like musically, um, they have old souls. So they listen to a lot of old school music where, you know, things that Anita, Anita Baker come on and they know the words. Mm -hmm. and like you said, Tupac's and, and music that they were, were never, they weren't alive for that, you know, they, they know all the words. Too. Well, I got to tell you, I, I take some part in that ownership yeah, too. You because... and, you and, you and their dad, <laughs> yeah. musically, um, musically, my girls have the Oh, yeah. yeah. I used to roll around with them. At, you know, of course, at the age of five is when I started mm -hmm. with them. Um, I just have this thing about uh, babies. I just don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. It's just, but I don't want to mess with them until age five when they can go to the bathroom for themselves. But uh, just rolling around with them or having them near me, and I'm always listening to some old soul music. Mm -hmm. Or um, I think I programmed them to love Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, the summertime song. Mm -hmm. So, um I think I, I, I obsess over the concept of death way too much. Uh, so my thought behind that is that um, when I do pass, because we all have to go, um, that when they hear that song, they'll instantly think of me. Uh -huh. And all the times that we rode, we rode around in my car and they're in the back seat, rapping the words, singing the words to, with each other, laughing and joking. Um, and I'm trying to, you know, instill those happy moments in them. So I definitely understand they have those old souls. Uh -huh. Trust me. <laughs> All right. Um, so what what is MMB? 
So, um, as you mentioned, MMB, Moutry Murphy, Murphy & Bergen um, Realty Group is a female-owned realty group here in Buffalo, New York. Um, we started in the midst of a pandemic, um, and I, I think the pandemic opened our eyes to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, of course, we, you know, we discussed um, one day possibly opening our own business, but that the pandemic hit and it was just kind of like, what, there's no better time. Mm -hmm. um, were we nervous? Absolutely. Were there a lot of people in our ears telling us, you know, not to start it and just wait a few years and you know, people telling us that we weren't going to succeed, um, absolutely. But in the end, um, we, myself, um, my partners, Mia and Roz, we followed our own hearts, mm -hmm. um, and we opened one of um, one of. We, we oh, go on and say it. You might as well say it. Just <laughs> well, say it. I, I don't. I I don't want to say it. I mean, we've been in business for a year and a half, but in my eyes, we are one of the best real estate companies um, in Western New York. One of the um, best real estate brokerages. Um, and I, you know, I could be kind of biased on that, but within the last year and a half, we've done extremely well for ourselves. Well, you provide something different. Absolutely. So, um, me and Shayla. My wife, obviously, you know, <laughs> your sister-in-law, uh, we were at an event uh, and we were talking to some people that Shayla knew from uh -huh. school, high school, I think. Uh -huh. um, and I didn't know that the lady that she was talking to was a real estate agent. Uh -huh. So we're having a conversation uh, and we're talking about the housing market or whatever and our house. And uh, even though you sold us our house that we live in now, and we didn't buy it under MMB, uh -huh. right? Um, I didn't. I completely forgot that because you're my sister. I associate you with everything that I do. So if MMB is doing it, we're doing it, right? Uh -huh. So um, I did mention to this lady and her husband, um, you know, that you're part owner at MMB, right? And she was like Tamika Collins Murphy, and uh -huh. I was like, yeah, that's who I'm talking about. And she was like, yeah, yeah, they're doing really good things. They're doing a lot. And then we talked about some of the other agencies that they're doing. Uh -huh. So I can tell you, um, even though you don't want to say it, I can tell you. When I do mention MMB and I do talk about uh, you, you know, being my sister, it turns heads. People actually pay attention and then they have something that they want to say about it. Uh -huh. um, I haven't heard anything negative yet. I'm sure it happens. It comes with success, but I haven't heard anything negative. And it just I, I wanted to share that story with you because sometimes I know how humble people can get. And nowadays, these roses have to come to you right now. So that rose wasn't from me. That was from somebody who does, didn't even know this interview or this conversation was going to happen. But they definitely recognize you in the real estate community, which I'm aware that you're already aware of because the agencies that you worked for before knew what they had. They just didn't take advantage of it because, hey, we can't make you a partner at a whatever agency. So going out on your own made a big difference. So. So how did you realize that that was going to be the name? What what made you figure out that that would be the name that worked for you guys? So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. So when we originally started um, discussing opening a, a real estate brokerage, there was originally four of us. Mm -hmm. um, the fourth one obviously didn't, you know, didn't move forward with us for, um, you know, many different reasons. Um, we've had a lot of names on the table, but um, when it became the three of us, it just made sense. Um, MMB just made sense. We played around with the initials and, 
you know, um, we played around with the name for, I, you know. He definitely it, it didn't want it to be BM. <laughs> well, that was one of the, that, that was one of the, the names that we thought about. And then I'm like, hold on that, you know, that yeah, just doesn't sound want right. BM. <laughs> Nobody right. wants a BM. <laughs> right. Well, so, we all got to have a BM. But. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but no, no, no. I mean, we played around with a, a few different names and. Ultimately, um, MMB just made sense. It was, you know, all of our last names and, you know, people knew us by our name. So when we decided to put that name out there and put those letters out there, um, it just became us. What about that logo? Who came up with that design? So we kind of we kind of came up with the design together. Um, and that also took a while. We went through many different logos, but I think as far as the colors, if anyone that knows me knows that purple has somehow followed me through my entire life. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up loving purple. Um, when I went to high school, I was a cheerleader. Our uniforms were purple. I think you that's know. part of my problem, too. Yeah, everything everything <laughs> was purple. So, you know, when we You're started... You're in the Purple Rain studio. <laughs> right. So when we started the business, I didn't want, you know, to throw it out there like, oh, we should do purple. You know, so I think um, one of my partners actually threw it out there and it just, you know, I kind of took a deep breath like, wow, you know, purple. Supposed again. to be, yeah. And the yellow, you know, we played around. Then it came, you know, what colors go with purple? And, you know, I, I, I think I came up with a yellow ideal because I said, and in this market, most of the bigger companies have that yellow mm -hmm. and that's how they're noticed. Mm -hmm. I said, um, why can't we do the same? Right. So we have the purple and then we have the bold yellow and our goal was to be bold and stand out from the rest. And, you know, when our signs are in lawns, people can ride by and they'll notice, you mm -hmm. know, the signs. So that's how, you know, that's how the purple and yellow came to be. It was all a marketing strategy, you know, and we, we did a lot of research and it took us a while. Like, well, it definitely like, stands like, out. I mean, yeah. you know, people say all the time, especially when you guys had and you still have billboards that are up in the communities. Mm -hmm. And people drive by and say, hey, I saw your sister's billboard or, hey, I saw the, the lawn sign that they have for these houses that are being, they're doing really well. Like I would just get text or people would call me because they know that, you know, we're brother and sister and they would just compliment just to say that. Right. Mm -hmm. Even Shayla would say when she I saw another sign today, I saw another sign today. They just have houses going up left and right. And um, I thought it was kind of interesting. So it, the marketing strategy worked. It was really good um, Two perfect colors, one of royalty, which is purple. Mm -hmm. And one of wealth, which is yellow or gold. Right. Um, not to mention your husband loves the Lakers. Yeah. So that purple <laughs> and gold is his thing, too. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, so was this something that you, you dreamed about as a kid to be a business owner? Or, you know, did this just happen because it needed to happen? No. So, you know, um, as as a kid, I just wanted to survive. <laughs> I just wanted to survive. <laughs> I probably didn't have too many dreams and aspirations. Then, you know, high school, I went to um, cosmetology school and everybody expected for me to become a hairdresser. But, you know, I did. I dabbled and dabbled in that, um, went off to school, um, majored in broadcasting and communications. Um, but it, it wasn't it was never a dream of mine. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, in college, I helped friends look for apartments and. I remember in college saying, you know, at some point I, you know, I want to do real estate, but I never knew what it really was. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I would say um, it wasn't until probably like my late 20s uh, working at the financial institution, working with all of these, 
you know, wealthy clients and realizing that they're all wealthy because of real estate, mm. you know, and everyone dibbled and dabbled in real estate. And that's how, you know, that's how these accounts became as big as they were, mm. where I was like, you know, I can do this. You know, I, I help people all the time. I, I'm researching houses or researching this and that. Um, and then that's when I realized, you know, I wanted to become a real estate agent. Okay. So yeah. how, how does someone become a real estate agent? Um, so... I get a lot of questions regarding that. So when I wanted to become a real estate agent, I kind of just like started looking for, you know, looking to I probably just went online and say how, you know, how mm -hmm. did somebody become a real estate agent? But um, to make a long story short, you apply into real estate school. Um, I took a, a 12 week program, went through the program, passed the class exam. Um, once you pass the class exam, then you have to take the state exam and pass that exam. And then, you know, you want to get with a, a real estate company or a brokerage company that's going to back you up and that you're going to, you know, train you, that's going to train you on everything that you need to know in real estate to be become successful. Okay. That, that's the short version. <laughs> that's okay. It sounds like a long version too, <laughs> uh, but it's something you got to be committed to, you know, you want to do it. Uh, so, was it was it hard starting a business? Um, absolutely. That's um, okay. What was difficult about it? So just the the naysayers, the coming up with names, um, coming up with um, budgets, <laughs> which was which was probably the hardest part. Um, everything about a business. So when we started the business, we wanted to do do it right. Um, we need to have we needed to have the right team in place. We needed to have our attorneys. We needed to have our accountants. Um, we you know we needed to have the the right team to help us along the way. Mm -hmm. So I think the hardest part about it was just the reality of needing to everything that we needed to start the business. Um, when you sit down you know and you talk it out. You know, it's just talking, but when everything starts to go on paper, how much you need for that? How much you need for that? Where are you going to have the building? You know, are you going to have other agents? Is it just going to be you three? How are the taxes going to be filed? How are you going to get paid? How are your agents going to get paid? Are you hiring? So it's just a lot in that, you know, in that aspect. Um, a real estate brokerage, ours is smaller compared to a lot of brokerages here in, um, in Buffalo, New York. But I would say with any business, um, with any business, you want to have that right team, mm -hmm. you know, because if you don't have the right team, it's going to stress you out. And the right team starts with that accountant and that attorney so that you can make sure that when you're starting that business, everything is done correctly. Not just your LLC, but how the business is going to run and how your business plan works. Okay. Uh -huh. All right. Um, so how's business going for you? Has the market changed? Since you started? Since I started real estate? Since or you since started the, the company. company? Yeah. Um, absolutely. So when we started the company, we were in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, so there, you know, I think there was a lot of um, a lot of regulations that were just being lifted from the pandemic. Like we couldn't go, we couldn't sell houses, we couldn't have open houses, we couldn't... Um, do door knocking and things to that extent. Some of those regulations still stand, but um, it it was more of a strain on us at that point because mm -hmm. a lot of things that we were used to starting our business 
to get up and running, we couldn't do. So we kind of had to think outside the box as to, you know, how are we going to get these people to come over to MMB or, you know, what are we going to say to these people when we when we open business and, you know, just think outside the box of what we can do to grow our business in the middle of this pandemic. Well, I can tell you one of the things I noticed that was really popular, um, spending a lot of time in the community, uh-huh. you know, spending time with churches, spending time with banks, uh-huh. you know, bringing people together with things that they didn't think was possible, uh-huh. you know, being able to own a house. I think it took us two years to figure out we really wanted to own a house uh-huh. and what kind of house we wanted and then be able to get all the funding and stuff together. Um, and in most cases in our community, you really don't get that information. You just go to a bank and that's what I thought in the past. You go to a bank, you tell me you want to own a house, they tell you no, and then you just kind of stuck paying rent to somebody who owns five houses and they're all slumlords or whatever. Uh-huh. So um, that part, that niche, finding that niche in the community is what really stands out for you guys, you know, than other agencies, whether small or large, because there there's larger agencies just... I guess they're just comfortable with who they are and they're just going to make money continuing to do their practice, which is why when you guys came along, the purple and yellow wave kind of just took over. And, and, and a lot of people had to recognize what was coming because they didn't see it coming. Uh-huh. Um, and now I think there's a lot of appreciation for that. So, yeah. uh, well, I will say this. Um relationship building in this business is very big Mm -hmm. and like you said some real estate agents um, they just come in for the money and to sell the houses but I did start off at one of you know one of a a bigger company here in Buffalo Um, and just a lot of things of working at I actually worked at two of the biggest companies Um, and a lot of things you know that we've seen in those companies you know, we weren't happy with. Mm-hmm. There was not a lot of people that knew that there was black agents, you know. Um, and when myself and I met Mia at one of the first agencies that we worked with, and we kind of had the same goals and aspirations, um, we realized that these agents weren't educating buyers or weren't educating their clients. Mm-hmm. So we actually thought about doing home buyer seminars. Um, at the time, buyers were a big thing. Um, the market was, you know, buyer, seller, buyer, seller. Um, so at the time, you know, we had a ton of buyers. But we were, you know, people, other agents, and even some of the head of these bigger companies um, tried to distract us from doing what we wanted to do for our community. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't want us to to have home buyer seminars. Actually, we were told, and I quote that um, you would never get any buyers from the inner city or you would never get buyers that's qualified if you do those seminars. You're a waste, it's wasting your time. Mm -hmm. You should focus more of your time in the suburban areas. Mm -hmm. So when we heard that, it just kind of made us go even harder. Mm -hmm. You know, these are our people. We grew up in the inner city. These are family and friends. And, you know, most of the time, we just need the knowledge. Most of the time, you just need the knowledge. This is this is what we were lacking. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've been doing these seminars now for about six years straight. And every seminar has grown tremendously. Um, We even did our seminar over in the middle of the pandemic and we did it via Zoom and we had a great turnout. Mm -hmm. We've helped hundreds of families. Um, buy and sell homes because you know you you they they didn't know right. they didn't know 
that this was even possible that they could purchase a home. And that's what it's all about. You know, when we help clients or a single mother, you know, with two two children who thought she could never purchase a home, you know, well, paying eight hundred, nine hundred dollars in yeah, rent. You right. know, um, so so it was our passion and it's still our passion to educate our community on what to do and what not to do when purchasing and or selling your home. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't do it, no one we else will. is gonna do it. Yep. You know? Yep. Well that's why they the existence of food deserts. Uh, it baffles me to high end, but the reality is, is that food deserts exist. And where do they exist? They exist in our community because there are people are being told the same thing. Um, and they'd rather put in a corner store where somebody's buying all the stuff from Sam's Clubs or BJ's. Mm -hmm. And instead of charging you something that's going to help them be comfortable, they charge you an exorbitant amount for uh, something that you can get if you just had transportation to the grocery store mm -hmm. to get or you had grocery store or fresh fruits and stuff like that in the community. So you are a big part of that uh, cultural change and what people always talk about when they say break in those generational cur curses. Uh, and I can see it, you know, with your daughters, which we'll talk about later on is how they look up to you um, and going forward. So, <clears throat> excuse me, at this time, we're just going to take a quick break. Um, in between this break, I'm going to play one of your favorite Mary J. Blige songs. And then when we come back, we're going to get back to some more conversation with Tamika Collins Murphy of MMB Realty.
Straight Up or On The Rocks, a podcast that asks you, how do you, how do you like your life? Excuse me. We're talking to uh, Tamika Collins-Murphy uh, with MMB Realty Group, and they did something that is extremely neat and straight up because it's having an impact on everything that people do in the community. And, um, you know, you, this type of ripple effect that they're causing, uh, they may never see the end of it. But they definitely have changed some people's lives for the better. Um, just noticing women in general. Um, and we don't typecast, so we will not say that they're a black agency. Um, but they are black women who run a business. Um, and their business is to provide housing and information for everyone. Uh, especially those in the communities that are underserved that need that information. So uh, what, we're, what we're witnessing is history in the making. Uh, and it may not seem like it because of the amount of work that you guys had to do or put in to get the thing going. And now you're just going with the flow. Um, so you don't see the projection of what history is going to say when it's all said and done. But this is your footprint um, on the world, right? Um, it may not show up in the world statistics, but there are going to be people that you are helping get housing or understand the housing market or during your training sessions when you're bringing people in um, and making sure they understand what they're selling and the product that they're selling, how valuable it is. Uh, they're going to be able to use that language that they're learning from you guys and use that knowledge that they're learning from you guys. And girls and boys growing up are going to be able to look and say, you guys did it. It means we can do it, too. And then they can stand on your shoulders, which is what our ancestors really want, is for us to be able to stand on their shoulders and believe that we can do it and make things better um, and advance not just our culture, but advance life when we talk about human nature alone. So um, anyways, thanks for coming back. Um, so knowing you, were, you guys were going through this during the pandemic um, and you wanted to start a business, but you really didn't know how, like... 
What actually made you decide, okay, we're just going to start it? So, um, we've talked about it um, on and off. I know when I when I started um, and when when I I was partnered with Mia first, mm-hmm. um, one of my partners, Mia Moultrie. Um, we partnered with her for well, I partnered with her first, um, and we kind of had our own name within the real estate world, you know, doing our seminars and everything. And I can remember um, before I became a real estate agent, um, I would ride around and I would see Roz, who was my other partner now, mm-hmm. I would see Rosalind signs everywhere. Um, at the time, I didn't know Rosalind. I just knew that she was, you know, this black um, real estate woman, a woman that, you know, her signs are everywhere. So when I first became a real estate agent, or decided to go to real estate school, I, I remember riding around and I said, you know, one day my signs will be like hers. Hmm. Um, who would have thought, you know, a few years later, um, I actually joined the company that Roz was at. Mm-hmm. Um, Roz met Mia somewhere. Mia said, oh, we have to sit and speak with her. And I was ecstatic because, you know, I knew of her. I've seen her signs, but I've never met her. So it was just like an instant click when we all just sat and you know, decided that we were going to be working at the same company. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from that point forward, I think, you know, after about a year or so, we all just kind of felt the same way. You know, we, we had the similar goals. And I, I remember telling Roz because she was a, a office manager. Um, and I remember telling her when she asked what our goals was that, you know, we wanted to one day own our own company. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, months later, she we, we went to lunch and we sat down and she said, you know, I want to own my own company too. And it just kind of went, you know, it just kind of went from there. Okay. We talked about it. We set it on the table um, and it sat on that table <laughs> for probably months, hmm. you know, probably months because we were just all still so busy doing our own thing within the, the company that we were at. Mm-hmm. And then again, like I said, once that pandemic hit, it was kind of like, you know, we said we would do this. What better time than now? Right. And, and, and I looked at Mia like, you know, Ross is crazy. Like, you know, <laughs> we're not starting. <laughs> Sorry, we can't, we can't even show houses now. But I will tell you, um, I, I am uh, very, I, I believe in God heavily. Mm-hmm. I believe in, you know, what he has for you is for you. And if it's not, then, you know, it's not. So we just kind of stepped out on faith mm-hmm. because in my mind, I'm like, he hasn't felt me yet. He brought me this far in life, you know, and he hasn't felt me yet. So why not take this leap? So I talked to my husband and, you know, um, he, w- he was for it, obviously, you know, for obvious reasons. It was during the pandemic. So it's kind of like, you know, you have to be sure mm-hmm. this is what you want to do. You have to give your 100. And, you know, my husband, you know, his saying is give your 100, mm-hmm. 110%. You know, you can't just open a company and then decide not to do that. That man don't stop working. He he doesn't. He's a very hardworking <laughs> man. And, you know, he he always drops his jewels. He you know he doesn't mm-hmm. care who who it's on and who it's for. You could be a stranger he's walking tell in the you, middle yeah. of the street. You know, he's definitely gonna drop some jewels on you. Um, but he you know. Um, Shoot, he, one day we was driving a probably last year. Mm-hmm. He came to pick me up. I think we were, yeah, we were doing something for the snowblower, um, and we were driving down the street, 
and this guy it was cold it was icy it was snow outside and this guy had like almost nothing on and you can tell he was homeless and probably had some mental issues or whatever right so we pull up to the light and the guy goes across the street and and will rose the window down and said hey come here come here and i'm sitting there like yo what, what are you doing like what do, this guy is who knows who this guy is what are you doing he's like no nah, come here come here he's like so what you out here begging for today and the guy started talking to him. He was like, oh, okay. Well, that seems like a reasonable thing for me to give you some money. He's like, just don't come up here asking me to give you some money. Because I'm going to ask you what you want the money for. What are you going to use the money for? And even if I'm going to give you this money, here you go. Don't go over there because I know over there that's what they're doing. Don't go over there because I know over there that's what they're doing. Go get you something to eat, right? Or put all that money together you're going to gather today and get you some clothes or, you know, some sneakers or something on so that you can be warm. Because right now, you ain't got nothing on. I'm just sitting here looking at him dropping these jewels on this yeah. guy out of the middle of nowhere. And I was like, well, damn, Will. Yeah. And I mean, if you met, if you met my husband, Will um, Murphy, but if you met him, you know that's the type of person. Yeah. He treats everyone the same. He doesn't, like you say, he doesn't care if you're a homeless man on the street. He doesn't care if you are the pastor in our church. Um, hell, you could be the president of the United States. Yeah. If it's yeah. something yeah. that's on his mind and his heart, he's, he's going to say it. He's, you know, he's not going to hold back and saying it. So, um, you know, so you can only imagine how the conversations went with me wanting to start a business. But ultimately, you know, he was behind behind us 100 mm percent -hmm. um and you know we we had a couple more meetings and we started putting things into place um called our attorney we we knew who we wanted to use as an attorney we knew who we wanted to use as an accountant and from there um things just started falling into place good good yeah. so um what do you love about the business about what you do um i think the education like I said, we deal with uh, all kinds of people. We, you know, people, single mothers, um, you know, single fathers, um, doctors, attorneys, you know, some of the most wealthiest people. But the thing that I love most is being able to help and educate them along the way and on the, along the process, you know, through the process of purchasing a home and or selling a home. Um, just, you know, just the knowledge that we instill in them so that you know they know whether when you buy this house it's kind of like you're now part of the family so any questions comments or concerns that you may have you can always come back to one of us and you know we'll help you out or we'll get you the help that that's needed mm -hmm. you don't have to go into a house house poor you know we want to sell you a house that you're able to afford years down the line and possibly you know you could buy a second or third home and give this home to your kids as mm -hmm. they get older so we love to help um instill and build generational wealth throughout the community mm -hmm. sounds great uh it's awesome things just awesome um so what are what are the most challenging parts of the business because i know uh when my wife and i were looking for a house um we weren't on the same page as to type of house we wanted uh -huh. we just mainly me just said I want a house and she was like I don't want a house I want to live in an apartment mm -hmm. and I'm okay with living in an apartment because somebody comes and they they shovel the snow and they do all this they cut the grass and we have to worry about all that um, and then us initially saying hey we want to get a house and then it took us a long time to come around to exactly what we wanted I know that had to be a pain of butt because I think it took two years for us to get there 
Um, and then there was a lot of us going to houses and it had to be a pain in the butt for to see the house and for us to go, nope, that's not it. And then, okay, well, we're going to go see this house next week. Oh, nope, that's not it. And then you got a year down the line and then we drop off and say, never mind. And then almost two years to the day, come back, say, okay, let's start looking for houses. I think we, it was four or five houses. And then we found this one. It was like, let's just nail this one right now. Uh-huh. And we still kind of weren't set on the fact that we wanted to own a house together. Uh-huh. Um, but we kind of just said, this is it. If there was something that we were looking for that wasn't uh, tilted <laughs> to one side, um, the basement didn't have water damage, uh, the, the cracks in the foundation that we found upstairs and all these different houses, or it's a new build and it's just priced way out of uh, the neighborhood that it's in, you know, a $100,000 house surrounded by $60,000 houses and stuff like that became mm-hmm. issues. So what, what's the thing that's the challenging, the most challenging parts of uh, taking people to look for a house or just for the business in general? Um. I would say the most challenging part um, as far as our clients is when they don't listen to us, Mm. us as their agent or us as the professionals. And, you know, they listen to everyone else. And then once they listen to everyone else, then, you know, what we say really don't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what comes along is, you know, well, you didn't say this or it didn't happen like my cousin who bought their house and and. For us, the most challenging part in that aspect is um, if it doesn't go the way our clients want it to go because it went that way for their sister, brother, cousin, mother, father that purchased homes years um, in advance, um, then we're looked at as the bad guy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you know me, <laughs> you would know that sometimes it's hard for me to be the bad guy. Not be the bad guy, but it's hard for me to um, hold my tongue on a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. Now having a business, you know, um, and, you know, just contracts and um, confidentiality and things like that. There's things that we can't say. So we have to sometimes take that role as the bad guy. You know, we can't say, oh, the reason such and such couldn't get the house was because, you know, their credit wasn't up to par Mm -hmm. or, you know, the reason they couldn't get the house is because they didn't do what they had to do as far as saving. But instead we're looking, you know, these people are out here giving MMB or, you know, their agent a bad name. Um, So that part I think is the most difficult part when we have to sometimes play that bad role if, you know, Mm -hmm. your clients aren't a hundred percent satisfied. As far as looking at multiple homes, Um, If anyone's ever worked with me in the beginning when I have that first meeting with my buyers, I always tell them that I would do my best not to not to sell them a home that I wouldn't myself live in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's cracks, wetness. And and my thing is, I have to realize that what what I like, my clients may not like and vice versa. You know, right. so that that can play, um, that can take a toll on you sometimes too. Okay, so do you recommend buying or renting, and why? Well, um, am I in my adult years now? <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely say, um, I would definitely say buy. I was one of those that used to say, you know, I'm never gonna buy a house, and you know, I don't want a home. Um, years ago, I, I remember when my husband used to say he wanted to buy a home, and I'm like, I'm not buying a home, you know, what we want to buy a home for. But knowing what I know now, 
had I known it then, mm-hmm. I probably would have probably 120 <laughs> properties by now. Um, but knowing what I know now um, and in this market and in the community and in Western New York, I would say um, buying is better. You're building your own credit and not someone else's. You're paying your own mortgage off and you know, you're know you not paying somebody else's bills. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, if something goes wrong, you're responsible for it, but at least you know it's done right and according to you know how you like it. Um, so and there's always people out there to help. And there's we just always had an people issue with our help. furnace. Mm-hmm. And all we mentioned was you know we had an issue with our furnace and had like six people that at least looked at it and said, okay, here's what's wrong. And then you can choose as to how you want to. So it's not always a necessary expensive Correct. thing to fix, especially when. Um, you know that your mortgage payment is consistent every month mm-hmm. and then you should be putting money aside because you know that you will have these issues that are going to happen. It's a house. It's, mm-hmm. it's just like a car. It's going to break down at some point. So. And you, I mean, you guys are, a lot of people are fortunate, but then you have to look, there's a lot of people too, and I'm just going to talk on the black community for just one second. In the black community, you have a lot of houses that's not taken care of, mm-hmm. more so within the inner city of Buffalo. And I honestly believe, and I spoke with some of these homeowners that, you know, if a new roof is needed or if their basement is leaking, a lot of times they don't have the money at this point to fix the house. Maybe the house was left to them Mm -hmm. or something to that extent, or they're just, they can only afford the bills that they currently have. There's so much help out there, um, so many different types of program. And just speaking with a lot of homeowners, that that's owned their homes for years or family members who grandparents owned the home, they had no idea that there's help out there. Mm-hmm. You know, they all they know is, oh, we'll call the bank and the bank will deny us because our credit is bad. Right. But there's so many grants out there that can help you get your roof fixed or, you know, help you get a new furnace. There's no reason, you know, at this time that, you know, there there's so many companies out there, organizations that can help you where I feel like there's no reason that anyone living in the inner city, unless they're, like you said, a slumlord, um, would not reach out to these to these companies or organizations to get, for the help, help. Yeah. to get the help that's needed, you know. And if you can't afford the house, yeah, by all means, sell it. Mm-hmm. But if you can, you know, if this is your home and your family home, get the help that's needed. And that's one thing that MMB does. Do we, you know, we educate the community on what's out there to help them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's uh, let's take a break, mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll come back from the break. I will tell you why you are my superhero. All right, and uh, you know me; I have superheroes all over my my uh, Purple Rain studio that we have here. So we're gonna take a break. Mm-hmm. We are with uh, again with Tamika Collins Murphy from MMB Realty. This is neat, comma straight up, or on the rocks, a podcast that asks you how do you like your life.
Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that. Again, you're listening to Daydream the DJ, or just Daydream. Um, sitting here with my sister, Tamika Collins Murphy of MMB Realty Group. And we're just discussing, discussing just, just having conversations uh, about her business, about MMB Realty Group, about family, about food, uh, just different things, um, even music to some degree. She really loves uh, Mary J. Blige, which I talked about earlier, which is why I have the songs from Mary J. Blige mixed in um, into the breaks. And now I'm, I'm back and I want to tell her uh, something that I don't tell her often. She knows I love her to death, but um, that she's my superhero. Um, and why? Um, other than the fact that I kind of programmed her to like purple, I think that's my fault too. Um, I'm just a huge Prince fan and ha- always have been. Um, but uh, a lot of people don't know, my sister mentioned it earlier, um, that we come from foster care. We're foster care kids. Well, you know, our mother and our father had a, a huge breakdown in our family structure and we had to move into foster care. Um, and foster care and our Family, we were lucky enough to move into foster care with our family. Um, and they sort of saved our lives, if you think about it. But uh, my sister came from, uh, and she was a baby when we were moved into foster care. So she, she grew up in foster care um, to being a married woman, uh, to a very strong, hardworking man, which we talked about earlier. Uh, it's, it's not one thing that this guy can't do, to tell you the truth. Every time we talk about something, if he doesn't know how to do it, he'll figure out how to do it and get it done. Or he'll connect you to somebody that you know can do it. Um, she also owns a business, is part owner of a business. Um, she owns a home. She owns cars. Uh, she has two wonderful daughters. And I don't just say that because they're uh, my niece or both my nieces. Um, and I guess I'm kind of biased in that respect because, um, yeah, but I don't just say that for that reason. Uh, Jada, the, the eldest, is in college now. Um, and uh, she's in college and able to choose what she wants to do. Uh, when we went through foster care, we didn't have those options. We were basically being told who we had to be in our lives uh, because we really didn't have control of our lives. Um, Jada's choosing to go to the school she's at, um, choosing to study what she wants to study. And that itself is a huge accomplishment um, that my sister played a major part in. Um, and her youngest, Ava, uh, who absolutely loves to dance. There's not a time that this girl is not dancing, like dancing. She walks and she dances. She's TikToking all day, every day. Um, and she really loves fashion. And most importantly, she loves money. <laughs> uh, she, she, does, uh, she, she does this roundup every weekend or every other weekend when we call her of all of our bottles and cans. Now, here's a young lady that understands that I'm just going to go get the money and I'm gonna go get it. People are wasting bottles and cans, give it to me. Um, and she'll wanna get her iPhone. She needs to, both of them are extremely independent. Um, and they're raised to say what they feel. Um, they have a belief in being able to choose who they wanna be in this life because it's their life. Um, and they learned all this from their very hardworking father and their mother, um, who I saw as a child um, I, I had to raise for a, a period of time before we were taken and put into foster care. So uh, to hold this person um, in my arms when she was a baby, uh, braid her hair, um, laugh at her when she's getting suspended for breaking some kid's arm, um, 
and, you know, just, you know, trying to protect her from, you know, all the things we had to go through with gangs and stuff like that when we were kids. And then entering into foster care and watching her grow up um, and then go through her, her own struggles with uh, elementary school, high school, um, and eventually college to becoming the successful person that she is today um, and being on a successful journey. So um, you're you're my, my hero. Um, you're a foster kid, that, a kid that came from foster care and is on the way there. Wherever there is, you're on your way there and you've made a very successful life for yourself. Um, and it doesn't make me cry. I'm in total admiration. Uh, I remember at one point um, in the Buffalo community, my name was popular and it rang out and people wanted to know who I was and wanted to be around me because of the businesses that I had and the things that I was doing in the community. And now to hear all this go from um, myself and hear my sister's name ring out um, and many of the people that I met over those periods of time talk to me about my sister, not even knowing that she's my sister. And I have to tell them, they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And then they look at us like you guys are such success stories, but they don't know the hell we had to go through mm -hmm. to get to the journey that we're on now. Um, so uh, my question would be, what what did you have to learn about yourself during those times, knowing you had to overcome so much um, and end up on a successful plateau? Um, because this isn't the end. People speak of journey as if it's an, the end. This is the journey. Um, I think of this as still part of your beginning on the way um, as your children will, you know, lead after you're gone and continue on your legacy. So how, what, what did you have to learn about yourself to realize that you could overcome those obstacles and things that were put in front of you as a child? So... Um the first thing I had to do was believe in myself. Um, I had to believe that whatever I wanted to do in life, and I tell my, my daughters this all the time, that it's achievable. Um, growing up, you, you know, I had a lot of naysayers telling me what I wasn't going to do and what I was going to do and that, you know, nobody was going to want me because of this or that. Um, so I had to believe in myself. And I, I honestly have to say it probably wasn't um, until after I had my, my first daughter, my oldest daughter, um, where I had to realize I, was, I wasn't living for just me anymore. So mm -hmm. the things that I was doing and living dangerously and not caring, um, you know, I have someone now that I have to live for. So I, w I would have to say she definitely um, changed a lot about me. But um, I had to believe in myself. Mm -hmm. um, I had to believe that my worst days, I survived. So mm -hmm. whatever else was set before me, I knew that I could get around it or I knew I would survive it. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, whatever people said about me, um, it wasn't going to kill me. Did it stick in my head? Yeah, but... You know, I had some very harsh things said too and about me growing up. Um, but then I realized I'm still here. I'm still here to tell the story. And no one, you know, at this point as an adult or growing into my own person, no one is responsible for my life from that point forward than mm -hmm. me. You know, mm -hmm. I was responsible as far as what happens. Yes, I can blame foster care. Or I can blame people that was in my past. I can, you know, I can blame any and everybody. But what good would it be? Because now... 
I have to live this life. So, you mm-hmm. know, I have to do what's best for me. I have to do what's best for my daughter. And, you know, what was best for us was for me to somehow figure out how I was going to succeed in this world, whether it was through the banking world, whether it's through real estate or any other thing that I, you know, decide that I wanted to do in this life. Um, I had to believe in me in order to do it. Yeah, because all this stuff is easy after you thugs your way through the hood. Yeah, so, you know, and I, I have to keep reminding myself when I'm having hard days or when something is rough. So I didn't have, you know, I... Growing up, like you said, we were in foster care. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, our mom was still alive, and I talked to her probably every every few months or so. But it wasn't really until, you know, when I went off to school um, that I had that freedom where I can call her anytime I wanted to or mm-hmm. talk to her anytime I wanted to. So at that time, around 17 or 18, was when I started becoming closer to my mother. Regardless of her state, her alcoholism, her drug abuse... Regardless to that, she was still, you know, my mother, and I, I talked to her often mm-hmm. from, you know, 18. Um, when I had Jada, which was on the 18th of October, you know, I, I remember taking Jada to see um, our mother, mm-hmm. and she was so happy. You know, she was so happy to see that I was bringing my child to see her. And then shortly after, maybe about three weeks after, mommy passed away Mm. so in my eyes I'm like okay she passed away literally 20 something days after 28 days after Jada was born you know Jada didn't get a chance to meet her Mm -hmm. um but it was one of the worst days of my you know Mm -hmm. one of the worst things here I am a new mother brand new daughter less than you know I'm two months old and I'm losing my mother Mm -hmm. so I felt like around that time I was breaking down you know, I broke down. I didn't know how to deal with it. I'm only 21. I have to make all these medical decisions for my mother, who I'm just getting to know and mm-hmm. starting a relationship with. And I have to raise my daughter, who, you know, I didn't have that real mother figure. I had a mother figure, but, you know, how am I going to do this? And around that time, it's just kind of like, you know, these are some of the worst days. You know, it was the worst day of my life. So when I tell people, you know, keep going, because mm-hmm. that's my phrase, you know, you go through some of the worst times of your life and you still survive. So in my head, I just look at it like it's nothing that I can't accomplish. You know, I'm going to survive some of the worst days. Um, I, I've gotten through some great days. So why can't I be successful? Or why can't my kids be successful? Why can't I reach the goals that I want to reach? So. Right. Yeah. Well, now you, you understand why you are my superhero. Um, I was able to see a, a great amount of that. Um, those tragic experiences that we both had to go through mm-hmm. um, and we went on our different paths during those events. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's interesting, again, to, to have conversations with people, especially uh, being an executive, mm-hmm. talking to people um, who don't know you and don't know where you come from or what you're capable of, but they say things to test you or demean you or push you or Mm -hmm. try to get you agitated, and they don't understand the resilience that you have, that, like, you know, man, those things you say mean nothing to me. I've had to overcome a lot worse than that. Yeah, and for a long time, and you know, and a lot of people know, I was just angry. Mm -hmm. You know, I was angry at the world. I was, you know, angry for being in foster care. I was angry for having to do this or having to... You know, people making me do things that 
I didn't want to do, but because I was in foster care, it had to you be had done. It, yeah. yeah, so growing up, I was just, you know, I had a lot of hatred and anger in my heart. But like I said, once I was able to, you know, get out on my own and figure things out, I wanted to start that relationship with, you know, mm-hmm. my mother. And as, as once she passed and as time went along and I'm in these professional settings, like you said, people say and do things to push your button to see how, you know, how far you can go mm-hmm. and to try to destroy everything that you've worked so hard to not do or not say or, you know, mm-hmm. that you've built up. The stuff and, you and just put behind be, the wall. Yeah, right? and, it, and it could be hard, you know, and I tell my daughter, my, my oldest daughter, you know, she's 18 now um, and she's, she's living on dorms and living her life and you know, I, I try to tell her, I, I try as parents, we try to teach our kids not to make the same mistakes that we made. Mm-hmm. So we try to control, you know, not not really control them, but kind of tell them, oh, you don't want to do this. I did that and it didn't work out. If anyone knows my daughter, they're going to know she's going to try it. Anyways. Anyways, because <laughs> she wants to see, Anyways, you know. Yep. So I, I just kind of tell her now, like, you know, when she does things. How do you feel about that? You know, I'm asking her, how do you feel about that? Do you think you made the right decision? Mm-hmm. You know, and at times, and sometimes it hurts, I have to let her, you know, figure it out on her own, mm-hmm. you know, and do things on her own. Because ultimately now, this is the life that she has to live and she's going to have to try to correct these mistakes getting older. Yeah. Thankfully, she has, you know, she hasn't grown up like I have and, you know... At 18, I made probably a million, or before 18, a million mistakes. Luckily, she's not like that because we try to raise our kids. And the environment's different. different and the environment yeah. is totally different. Yeah. You know? So we were uh, we were raised on survival. Yep. And what they, you know, she's raised more so on love. Yep. So it, it's totally different how I was raised than you know how my kids are. All right. Well, um, thank you for everything that you do. Everything that you've overcome, um, it's been a joy watching you become who you are, um, and I'm sure uh, it'll be great watching you go further um, into your life. Um, again, noticing Jada's in college is just <laughs> mind-blowing. Uh, soon enough, will be Ava, um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, life is life, but, um, you know, what's your... Um, Give me some of your social media stuff so that people who are listening, and again, remember, they're listening around the world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you're going to have to be, you're going to have to talk as if you're talking to someone who knows absolutely nothing about what you're talking about when you give your website address, um, your address to your agency, or the best ways for people to contact. And, you know, if they want to email, um, you might get some people that may want to write out your memoirs for you after this, you know, just being able to, because they want to know more about the story. Right. Um, and how you became who you are right now. Okay. Um, and what your catchphrase is, like you said earlier, your phrase is to just keep going. Uh-huh. Um, stuff like that. So give that information so that we can um, we can wrap up um, and then I can let you go on about your the rest of your busy day. Okay. Um, so you can catch me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is realtor. Um, underscore Tamika Collins Murphy, so my name. Um, I found out somebody doesn't know what an underscore is, uh, just so you know. Yesterday, <laughs> so somebody mentioned it to me. Well, like, they'll figure it out if they put Tamika Collins Murphy in on Instagram at a pop up. With the underscore? Um, yep. Okay. Um, my Facebook is Tamika Collins 
um, Murphy Sales, S-E-L-L-S, Homes. Um, and our company website is um, MMB at MMBHomesellers.com. Okay. So yeah, you could always also reach it at MMB.com, but MMB.MMBHomesellers.com is the direct handle. Okay. Now, just to spitball an idea out there, something that you and I have talked about before, but maybe people listening would want to know. Uh, in the future, somewhere in the future, is there an idea of expanding MMB and not just being a Buffalo-based agency? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes, we have been talking about expanding sometime in the future. Okay, because I'm sure in every community, mm-hmm. just like in every city, every state, there's a hood, mm-hmm. right? Whether there's, no matter what color people live in this hood, there's a hood of people who do not or not receiving the information that's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are people who are wondering how they can get involved and try to help. Um, and I think you just gave them some information. So people might reach out to you to say, hey, how do I start that here? Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted to make sure you got in your, your contact information. Um, and then the, the question of, is this something that expanding, is, is this something that you guys would be interested in doing going forward? So. It was great to hear from you. Thank you for stopping by. You're welcome. Taking time out of your busy day. Again, uh, this is Tamika Collins-Murphy with MMB Realty. You are listening to Neat, comma, straight up or on the rocks, a podcast that asks you, how do you like your life? This conversation, uh, my personal conversation with my sister, is entitled My Life. And uh, obviously, it's a Mary J. Blige song. So, Thank you for everyone for listening. Uh, Any comments, any questions, you know how to reach me, email me, um, or just respond to anchor.com or anchor.fm.com.
Neat, comma, straight up, or on the rocks. A podcast that asks you, how do you like your life? A podcast that asks you, how do you like your life?